0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the 9th State Sports Show Football Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina. I'm joined once again by Mike Lockman. Mike, how are you doing? Doing good today, Joe. How are you? I'm hanging in there, hanging in there, just, uh, you know, trying to, uh, I guess, recover from another soggy weekend of football. Uh, it and-
1: was miserable on <laughs> Friday night, wasn't it? it sure was. Hats off to all the coaches and the players that went out there and battled because I got to tell you, man, it was less than ideal (laughs) I mean, low uh, 50s and sleet and rain i was like dude
0: i i at least like will make an attempt like i you know i go to a game and i I keep stats and i you know try to write stories off everything i go to especially for football but man i just went into it i like first play i like pulled out my notebook i'm like yeah this isn't happening and i just i didn't take any i i kept no stats i have no notes i just got video and pictures and Oh, uh, just. A, yeah, I, I hopefully this this has got to be the end of it. It's got to stop raining at some point. Yeah. Uh, just a bad timing. Uh, it feels like every week. Well, the good news is, you know, it seems like we always
1: have a weather recap at the beginning of our, uh, <laughs> of, our, of, our of our of our podcast. And I like that. You know, I dig that. Uh, yeah. But uh, looking ahead, though, this week actually looks really nice. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of bummed I'm going to be down in Alabama for work. It'll probably be warmer here down in Bama really? I, I, I
0: thought it was I thought there was like a heat wave coming through this or did that already pass through I think it's
1: passed through yeah. a little bit I don't know I'm gonna I mean I'll take a look but you guys might be warmer here than I'm gonna be down there
0: well well good luck to you down there of course I mean, thank you uh, yeah uh, I'll, I'll keep my thoughts to myself for now uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course you can uh, you can always send us uh, your questions uh, and feedback uh, on Al- Alabama or any other thing uh, that we talk about. Uh, on the podcast by sending an email to nh at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at at nhhsports. You can listen to the show Tuesday mornings throughout the football season at nh-highschoolsports.com. And on Spotify and Odyssey, just search for Ninth State Sports Show. You'll find all the shows on there, uh, you know, both from this season or from this season and, and years past. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and uh, give some of those a listen, uh, if you uh, if you dare. Uh, yeah, I can say that now that we're into uh, we're into October now, right? I can you know some make some Halloween jokes. I feel like. Yeah, I uh, I actually can't believe it's already October. It is but October. Here we go. Yes, it is October. F- uh, as we're recording this, it's October first. Yep. Uh, we are into the second month of the football season, past week five, so we're more than midway through. Uh, it just, it, it, every year we say, Oh my hand I can't believe how fast it goes. And every year it feels like it goes faster than the year before, which is just remarkable.
1: Yeah, it, it really does go by quick. And like I, I always say, you know, I mean, to the players and the coaches, uh, I know it's hard because you're always, you know, the weeks are never long enough. They go by so fast, but it's like, man, you got to enjoy it. Cause the season goes so quick. Mm. You've got to enjoy every practice, every game. It, it's just, it, it just burns and uh you don't get it back you know you just you 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 move through it so quickly sometimes you don't take a moment to just sort of soak it in and so and it's the same with us as fans it goes quick
0: true although the biggest difference for us is we'll be back next year uh, that is true yes <laughs> not, all of the, not all of the players will unfortunately yep Uh, All right. Let's uh, let's get to our uh, as we start every show uh, or early on in every show, we we like to pick a player and a team of the week from uh, from the previous weekend. Uh, Mike, I think it's uh, I think it's your week to go first here. So who is your uh, player of this past week?
1: So I'm going to go, you know, I had a chance to watch um, the and hopefully we could talk a little bit more about it later, but I had a chance to watch the Bedford versus North game. And uh there were there were a lot of people that stood out uh in that game for, for Bedford, which is a team we probably haven't really talked enough about um this year. But um I'm I'm going with uh tight end defensive end from Bedford, Kevin Sheridan, number eighty eight. Um he's a big senior. I think he's listed at six three, you know, two oh five, two ten. Um and again, not you know, kind of like Like our, our, my picks at least the last several weeks, not gaudy stats or anything, but he was, he was crucial on so many defensive plays at his defensive end position. I think he had multiple tackles for loss sacks, um, excellent, excellent disruptive player on defense playing on the edge for Bedford amongst, by the way, a very good Bedford defensive line in general, um and and on offense what impressed me the most about him was he had a few receptions um but he's a he's a beast of a blocker at tight end you know Bedford kind of runs like a spread offense look but they use an attached tight end a lot with him down in a 3-point stance as opposed to having four wide receivers they kind of use three and a and a tight end um and and he's just as selfless a blocker and just as effective a blocker as he is a defensive player and a receiver. Uh, and and I just thought, you know, as much as Bedford has really good skill position people and Black played well, I thought that a lot of their success was keyed on his selfless play and a lot of what he did on the field. So I wanted to give a nod to him this
0: week. Yeah, I, I can confirm he's a big dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, had, he reminds I had a chance to talk to him in the preseason. And uh, um, yeah, I was, I was definitely looking up at him. Um, cause he is, uh, you know, I, not, not that I'm, I'm the, like one of the shorter guys around. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, he towered over me. Yeah. He
1: reminds me of the, that big receiver that Gothstown had a couple of years uh, Peyton, ago, Peyton Strickland, Yeah, Peyton Strickland. Yeah. Right. He's got that same sort of like, hi, I'm definitely going to play college football type build, you know, <laughs> where he's just, you can't coach the, like just big size and, and, uh, and height. And, but, but again, I think the thing that impressed me most, sometimes you see those guys and they're big. But they don't have as much heart as you want. Yeah, if that makes sense. And and this guy, at least in this game, right? I haven't seen him a ton this season. He just he, he just plays full out, full time. I was I was super impressed with him.
0: I was trying to find real quick because I know he's also a lacrosse player too. Um, and and I'm curious. I don't don't think he's committed anywhere yet. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Uh, Strickland had that kind of that's into him i i think strickland was a little bit more uh had that like clearly this kid's been in the gym or in the weight room a ton look to him right um, right but Sher- sheridan's not far off from that either uh, being no kind of no playing. same type you know yeah, absolutely uh all right well i went with uh I, you know uh game that i was at on friday um uh, Sauhegan's win over plymouth of course i'm at uh Pretty much every Sauhegan game uh, getting video for the season um, this year. If you haven't checked that out, we're up to, I think last week was episode five. Uh, you know, that's up on the site and on YouTube. Uh, it's great, to...
1: by the way, too, Joe. Uh, I love, thank, I love, I, I, and I mean that, like, I, I really enjoy watching that. It actually, I make the mistake some nights of watching it, like, I put my little earbuds in. And I watch it on my iPad while I'm trying to get ready for bed. It's a really bad idea because, like, <laughs> then my heart gets pumping, and it's like, like I'm kind of like, oh wow, you know, like maybe I missed this a little bit, you know. <laughs> but uh, it's it's a it's a lot of fun. You're doing a good uh, good job with that. You. I just wanted to say thank
0: that. Um, so I I decided to go with uh, Sauhigan quarterback Romy Jane this week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. who had uh, a, a pretty standout performance. You know, I I went into that that game wondering how it was gonna you know I thought it was gonna be a close game you know Plymouth had been you know blowing out everybody in the in the East Conference um, you know so hegan up until that Timberland game had been doing the same well it, you know that's the outlier um, you know of course Timberland's not in the in the West conference in Division two um, hmm. so he can's doing the same to everybody in the West uh, you know, with the weather being the way it was, I thought that certainly favored Plymouth. You know, a, a run-heavy team as opposed to a spread, you know, passing offense. Yeah. Um, that also mixes in runs. You know, so I I wasn't sure. You know, how were they going to handle that? Uh, and all Romy did was was go eight and nine passing for 148 yards and four touchdowns. Oh, and and by yeah. the way, he threw 119 yards rushing on top of it.
1: I was going to say he had one of his biggest games, I think the biggest game of the season was on the ground as well, Absolutely. I mean he year. was
0: so he had one play and I'm I'm not even sure how it happened uh where you know they they faked a handoff to to JJ Bright and I think it was to Bright cuz I was I was a little bit too far down the field uh to see it but I I mean everybody um you know fans I think some of the officials Plymouth's defense for sure went followed uh JJ
1: how do you not
0: you, what's that oh yeah of course said, how do you not <laughs> and then the next thing you know you look up and, and romey's got the ball running down the far side the opposite sideline yeah you know like 30 yards <laughs> away from the play uh you know and he had a couple other uh scrambles that he just you know pocket kind of collapsed and and instead of forcing something he just tucked the ball took off and and turned him into long gain so it was a you know uh, and then the the probably the best play of the I don't know if you've seen this on online yet or or if anyone else has where um, start of the second quarter Sauhegan comes out in a uh, a muddle huddle uh, where they're just like you know they're in a circle running running in the backfield Yep. break the huddle everybody lines up and instead of Romy's off to uh, you know off as a receiver lined up as a receiver. With, with J.J. in the backfield, ready to take the snap. And right before the ball snapped, uh, Romy went in motion. J.J. handed it off to him. Romy turns around and throws a touchdown pass to Connor Cassidy. Oh. It, was, it was, a I mean, a perfectly executed play in the pouring rain, uh, just um, – and something that, that nobody else saw coming. So it was, I mean, Plymouth looks Yeah, stunned. I was going to say, if you're I Plymouth, stunned, stunned, yeah.
1: too, you've got to be so annoyed with that. <laughs> you know, I mean, those are the type of things where when that gets executed against you, you know, you're just like, oh, my God, somebody shoot me. Yeah,
0: you're right. You, just, you know what? Let's just get on the bus. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's time to go. So, yeah, I uh, I went with Romy Jane as my uh, my player of the week this week.
1: Well, you know, that's that's interesting, too, because, you know, now if Sal Hegan's got You know, so I think Romy traditionally has been, you know, he's been um, a threat with his legs, but that's not what he's known for. You know, if he has 30 yards rushing in a game or something, you're like, okay, you know, that makes sense Uh, to go over 100 to get that on film now against a, you know, against a good football team. um, That adds another layer of danger to what South already potent offense is capable of. Right. I mean, now you've got to account for a quarterback who can take off. Whether it's by design or whether it's just getting flushed and making something happen, um, that's pretty deadly.
0: Well, you know, it's it reminds me a little bit of the 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 growth and progression that we saw in another quarterback who started as a young guy, uh, Bedford's uh, Joe Michael, who was uh, yes started as a sophomore and was maybe like six feet, like one hundred and thirty pounds. Uh, you know, and they, they didn't run him that much as a sophomore in order to try to keep him from getting killed. Like he was, you know, he could throw the ball all over the place, you know, and, and not to say that that's apples to apples, but you know, Romy's a junior now, um, he's been able to, to, you know, get a little bit bigger, um, you know, and now he's running a little bit more. I think that was, you know, one of his, um, you know, something he set out to do in the, in the off season was to be able to do that. And uh, you know a little bit like like Michael did. By the time he was a senior, he was just as much of a threat to run as he was throwing the ball. Yep. All right. Yeah. Well, good deal. Who uh, who'd you have for your uh, team of the week? Well, so
1: I uh, I think it was worth very worth mentioning um, this team as team of the week. I I um, I'm going with Conval Cougars, who defeated Manadnock, a local rival, by the way. Sure. Um, out in that part of the state. Um, You know, you had, um, what would, (laughs) we just had it, Joe. What was the score of that game last
0: year? uh, Last, oh, you're right. We did just have it. And I, it was like, it it was was a blowout, 63 to eight or something like that. It was a 55 point difference.
1: Yeah. And this year you have Conval convincingly defeating the 26 to eight. You know, they're, they're keyed by uh, Elliot Featherstone, three touchdown runs. They got a big reception from um, Kai Rentner um, and dropped him an ad knock to an unthinkable two and three. Yeah. Um, Huge game. Uh, And again, you know, that's kind of been, uh, you know, when they've had the chance that's been a little bit of a rivalry, they haven't always been same division. I think there were a couple of years where they tried and and maybe had some false starts and, and may have gotten it done, but I know they tried to do some Thanksgiving things there that might've even been a decade ago. Um, but uh but yeah, I I thought, hey, you know, Conval out to what? Does that make them three and two
0: now? Three and two and I'm not entirely sure but um what the tiebreakers are, but I think that they're at least tied for that last playoff spot uh going into this week.
1: Yeah. No, I mean they've got some they've got some hitters in front of them. Um they've got a game against Kingswood coming up. Then they still have to face Campbell, Stevens and Interlakes, which are all quality teams, but I don't know, you know, I mean, they uh, they've they've been able to do some things this season that they haven't seen done over there in Peterborough for
0: years now. Yeah, it's Um, been it's been a little while. Um, Yeah. yeah. That that last game of the year, uh, because right now they're tied at three and two with with Interlakes. Um, So that last game of the year against Interlakes could be, you know, depending on how things break for both teams down the stretch, that could be for a playoff spot. Yeah. Uh, Which, uh, you know. I thought I thought Interlakes might be in that position, but certainly not um, Conval being the other team on that. Um,
1: no, so hats off to them, man. Yeah. That's 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 what, right where you want to be, right? Putting yourself in position to to compete and get in, right? You can't ask for anything more than that.
0: Well, for uh, for my team of the week, I uh, took a look at the big game uh, down in Division Four uh, rematch of last year's championship game. Uh, so I decided to go with, uh, with Newport, which pulled out a, a 13-12 to win over Summersworth in a, uh, a rematch of, la- like I said, last year's title game that, that Summersworth won. Uh, Summersworth also won the regular season meeting between the two teams. Um, you know, I, I just felt like, you know, y- you, lose a, you lose to a team like that twice in the same year, and then you go into the next year, and they're still considered the favorite. Um, you know, you get them on your home field. Uh, I just, I f- That felt like a really, really big win for, for Newport and, and, and a really monumental task, pulling that off. Um, you know, it was a game that, that Newport got out to a 13 nothing lead in the first half, and they had to uh, really buckle down and, and hang on for that win. Obviously, Summersworth coming back to make it a one-point game. Um, Newport got a huge game out of Kyle Ashley, who had a 121 yards rushing uh, and threw a touchdown pass um you know so it, and and just it kind of you know it, it it changes potentially the balance of uh of what's going to happen in the playoffs um throws a little bit of a monkey wrench into things you know you got a big game coming up this saturday too we got Raymond who's at 4 and 0 and now Summersworth you know with a loss on their schedule for the first time or in their their record for the first time in a couple of years you know they're going into Raymond um another tough team 4 and 0 uh and that game could be you know could have huge implications could be some a, a situation where those two teams end up meeting again in the playoffs in the you know semifinals so the winner of this yeah. game ends up ends up determining who hosts that so yeah
1: and and raymond's a convincing 4-0 and too you sure, know i mean yeah. a, a lot of those scores have been you know they, they put the opponent away i think they had one close game against brady back in week two um but otherwise they've had commanding victories over over their schedule now granted they haven't played Newport and Summersworth yet. And we're talking about that Summersworth game next week, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Raymond's firing on all cylinders. And like you said, a little bit of, a little bit of gut check time for Summersworth now, see how they recover after a one point, um, a one point loss this, this past weekend.
0: I'm I'm going to take another look at the schedule for Saturday too, but, uh, you know, depending on what's going on, I might, uh, maybe I'll, I'll go take in that Summersworth Raymond. You made my first ever trip over to, uh, to Raymond. Go see that. Yeah. Name. Yeah. Could be. It could be on the uh, on the schedule for this week. I'll keep you posted.
1: Yeah. And then you can head you can head a couple exits north and go to the uh, Tuckaway Tavern. <laughs>
0: That'll be That's po- a good place game, to get right? some yeah. grub. Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I if I wait till post game, I probably won't be able to get in, will I?
1: Uh, it's always jam, but, uh, they have phenomenal burgers and sandwiches and all that stuff. That is so
0: what I've heard every time I've tried to go there, not that it's been a ton, but when I've tried to go there, the wait's been like two hours.
1: Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Well, uh, let's, uh, let's jump into, uh, our division one talk. Uh, and, uh, I want to start with, with the Saturday night game, if that's all right with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: That, that one saw Timberline uh, coming to Stello stadium to take on Bishop Girton In a game that, um, you know, I I thought going into it was a bit of a toss-up. You know, having seen both teams a a couple times this year, um, you know, I really... Two really contrasting styles, you know, of of offense. Um, Really didn't know how it was going to play out, and uh, it certainly didn't play out the way I would have guessed. You know, it was kind of close early, back and forth a little bit, and then, you know, second quarter comes around and, and BG just explodes on offense they end up winning 58 to 14 um you know just and and what what really was the difference was was bishop gerton's passing attack uh you know you could see glimpses of of maybe what it could be uh the last couple weeks but this week it it finally you know it all came together uh you had mike mcdonough going 24 29 for 357 yards and five touchdowns also had a rushing touchdown you had uh Cody Shemansky, 9 catches for 148 yards and a touchdown. Connor Lennon, 8 catches, 98 yards, 3 touchdowns, and a 29-yard field goal. Uh, Ronan Balistrieri catches a touchdown. A.J. Holmes runs for a touchdown. In all, B.G. has 519 yards of offense. And they forced four turnovers on defense, one of which was returned by uh, Hudson Schmidt for a touchdown.
1: Yeah, it, and it's even more notable, I think, Joe, that given that, you know, Timberlane contained, you know, fairly effectively Sauhegan's offense last week, and I don't care what division you're playing, and Sauhegan's offense is is great A. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and and PG comes out and and kind of like makes that a distant memory with that performance. I mean, I, I, and let's be fair, right. You said, uh oh, maybe not quite the way I would have guessed. It would have gone. You and I, you and I both picked Timberlane over Bishop Girton in our, in our pigskin <laughs> profits picks. Right. I mean, and again, looking at it and looking at how they performed against so the week before, um, again, not like a blowout victory by any stretch, but the fact that they played really well against a very prolific passing team. Again, you just, you just named Romy Jane, your player of the week you know i kind of said that seems to be bg's thing you know so given that timberlane played so well against so higgin blah 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 right you do the quick math and say maybe timberlane pulls this one out but uh yeah that that was one of the shockers i've got to say of the weekend um huge win for bg
0: yeah you're right we both did how about that <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's I had really to go back true. and take it's a look because really I was like, yeah. "Oh, I think I think we're both eating crow on this one." <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh...
0: <coughs> oh boy. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, um, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it's. I had a yeah. I had a, the same thought too, but I, I feel like it's, you know, it was tough for me to compare. I mean, that there were some other circumstances with the the Sauhegan game. You know, they they lost. Um, you know, Braden Hickman early in that game. Um, and that seemed to kind of throw things, you know, th- throw a little monkey wrench into some things that they were trying to do. Yeah. Um, and then Timberlane was playing this game without Eddie DiGiulio, um, you know, who got hurt against Sauhegan. Um, That's right. You know, looks like you know, I, I don't know, ba- just based on on s- watching things. I mean, he was at the game Saturday, you know, just not in uniform, but not like on crutches or anything. So, I don't, you know, I don't think it was that serious. I think just maybe hold them out. Um, yeah. This week. Um, you know, and and early on, like I said, Timberlaine was right there early. Um, you know, they they hit a couple things in the passing game. Um, you know, Jeremy Lochick hit, uh, had a passing touchdown to to Liam Liam Corman. Um, you know, early on, they they've you know he completes uh three of his first six passes for sixty nine yards, but then you know only one of his next four, and and two of them are interceptions the big the biggest difference though i think between this game against BG and the week before against Sauhegan was that um you know against Sauhegan they were they were getting so or they were able to do so much on first and second down they were never getting into third down situations and Sauhegan wasn't able to get off the field whereas BG wasn't letting them get into those uh you know w- was forcing them into those third down situations and Timberline was having a hard time converting them you know, yeah. so they weren't able to stay on the field and put any really sustained drives together. Right. So that was that was probably the biggest difference there. Um, you know, uh, you wanted to you, you said you would you were checking out that uh, the Bedford North game. Uh, I, I did get to watch a little bit of that myself, too, on Friday. Uh, just um, looked like a complete, again, domination by Bedford, which is what we've kind of grown accustomed to. It feels like early in this season.
1: Uh, yeah i mean I, you know north's a good football team yeah and I, you know the story of the night was kind of bedford's defense which has been the story of the season that again right you and i haven't really talked much about they've given up three points the whole year and that was to bg in week 1 um they held i, I think they held north to like 80 something yards Um total, you know, they had about 65 yards passing. Um, but you know, Steve Rosario, who's a a pretty good football player for North, was the leading rusher on the team. Four yards on four carries. Wow. I mean, they just they just have a very, very consistent front. You know, you've got um, and, and I'm glad to have some of the names right in front of me, right? You've got Eli Gomez. Uh, Kevin Sheridan, who I mentioned earlier, Spencer Henriken and Jake Ben, kind of their front four. And those guys, they get off the ball. Um, you know, they, they don't accept being blocked. They, they they remind me a lot kind of of Londonderry's front three, um, you know, which who I've complimented several times on this show, as just being big and athletic and, you know, able to kind of overwhelm the offensive line at the point of attack. Um, So that was really impressive to me. The other thing that was impressive, kind of on the other side of the ball, honestly, Joe, was Bedford has some good skill position players, but they were they were kind of overshadowed. And and I say that with respect, but they were kind of overshadowed by just what I thought was Bedford's greatest strength on the night, which was their blocking across the board. I mean, they were getting on blocks at every position, offensive line, tight end. Wide receivers, everybody was getting into a national or north defender and sticking with them. Um, and again, right, I'm happy to have the names of the offensive linemen in front of me. Connor Flaherty, uh, Jake Chef. Uh there's two Jakes there, Jake Ben, Spencer henriken and and um Ben and Krauss right? Five really good offensive linemen, plus the tight end who I, I named earlier. But even their wide receivers. Are, are just excellent at getting on blocks if they were running a sweep or something out to the perimeter and just sticking, sticking, sticking. You don't see that a ton in high school football. It's just it's really hard to maintain a block and not get, you know, called for holding somebody's jersey or whatever for six, seven, eight seconds at a time. I, I honestly watching Bedford play north, which again, we we know is a good football team. This is not a joke. Yeah. Um, but watching bedford's offense and their ability to get on blocks and stick on blocks um it, it almost overshadows how good their skill position players are because they they're just so good at that i was i was super impressed with it um you know and again you could say that if it was kind of a weaker defense maybe they were going up against but they were going up against north north yeah, yeah, north, north played
0: well all season north has been very good defensively they've been, that's been their strength i feel like um so yeah. far this year has been their defense and for bedford to be able to take advantage of those things, put up 45 points on them. Uh, yeah, that says, I think that says a lot. Um, yeah, you know, we're, we're, again, halfway through the season, I think we're at a point where we feel like we, you know, teams are, are have revealed what they are to this point. Um, you know, and I just, I think when you look at Bedford, you look at, you know, Pinkerton, and, and even Londonderry, um, you know, I, I feel like if I'm if I were, were separating teams into different categories, those three, you know, are up at the top, maybe in in a in a class of themselves right now. Um, you know, no one's really had well, I you know outside of, of Londonderry's game this past weekend against against Wyndham. Wyndham was right there, and Wyndham yeah. played uh, played Pinkerton pretty well uh, as well in the second half of that game uh, to open the season. You know, uh, but. You know, other than than those uh, instances, you know, those three teams have really um, they really look like the class of the division. Of course, Exeter and, and Portsmouth Oyster River might be there as well. Yeah. Um, just, you know, haven't seen them play, you know, any of that group. Um, you know, we'll get a uh, we, we, Londonderry has Exeter at home coming up in a couple of weeks. So that'll tell us. um you know, a, a little bit more. And of course, Exeter and Portsmouth play this coming Friday. So That's yep. a, another game that, um, you know, really will uh, will go a long way towards determining a lot and tell us a lot about both of those teams, I believe. Uh, so really looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, and, and I agree with you that I think there's some really quality teams in Division One, but it's, it's hard at this point, just about midpoint of season, you know, give or take a, a week, right? It's hard at this point not to say that those three really have stood out in the first half, right? And in my opinion, all three of those teams have one thing in common, that being Bedford, Pinkerton, Londonderry. And that's that they play really good team football, right? Like I was just kind of going, you know, it occurred to me as you were mentioning the other two teams and I was going on about uh, deservedly. So about Bedford a little earlier and how they sort of got things done as a team. I mean, you know, they, they have a really good quarterback in, in, um, black obviously, but he didn't have to do much the other night to, to get things done. Right. I think he, I think he threw, uh, I think he was six of Tevin, six, six of 10 for 78 yards and a touchdown. Right. You've got uh, now Helton had a big night for them.
0: Um, Yeah. He's been huge all year.
1: Right. But you know, he had like 170 yards rushing, but again, right. Like, not to take anything away from him, but I think I think the blocking that he got from his team was was top class. I mean, just just outstanding, right? And he he did a great job taking advantage of that. But you know, again, they didn't need like these standout performance from the the quarterback or a you know a, a seven reception game from the slot receiver or whatever, right? They sort of got it done. Um, and that's the same way I've seen Pinkerton and Londonderry go about their business this season too. Is that they. You know they they have a great team concept on offense and defense and and they let they let multiple players kind of play their roles. Um, so interest, just an interesting thing to point
0: out. Bedford's probably got one of its tougher uh, games of the season coming up uh, this week, where they have to go to Dover on Friday. Uh, but um, I mean that's a that's certainly a game where I would I would favor Bedford going into that one. As even as good as Dover has been this year.
1: Uh, yeah i mean dover just got a big game from ryan aubin this past weekend yeah. he, he four total touchdowns three in the air one on the ground they beat memorial 40 to 21 they've been they've been quietly good out there on the seacoast absolutely yeah
0: um yeah and i mean it's the kind of you know as we again as we get down to this point in the year too we're, we're starting to look at trends and and kind of figure out who's going to be where and obviously the 13 teams making the playoffs in the division leads to, uh, you know, uh, some things could change at the bottom half of the playoff standings, you know, in the next couple of weeks, certainly. But, you know, right now there's a couple of teams that would be in the playoffs if they started today that, uh, you know, haven't been there in a little while. The, the first one of those that, that certainly I think has the upper hand in getting in there uh, is Keene. Um, you know, coming off a, a, a big win over Goffstown uh, this past weekend, uh, you know, they now sit at two and two after that um oh, where's the score? There it is. Thirty four to six win over Goffstown. Um, you know, they've got uh I believe oh I had it in front of me a second ago. Yeah, South on. next. South, thank you. Yep. Uh they host Nashua South and they host Bishop Girton. Uh and then they're on the road for the last two at North and at Memorial. You know, so I mean looking at that, what they they've got there, I mean you know, unless unless the bottom completely falls out, um, that's a team that should be in the playoffs. It um, certainly, you know, look like they're they're heading that way. Uh, you know, they got um, you know some some tough players out there. They got a great game on Saturday from Wyatt Avery, 125 yards rushing. Um, you know, Josiah Sales also had a big game for them on the ground. Just a, a, you know, it sounds like again a bunch of different guys being able to contribute to what they're doing they had almost 400 yards of offense last week um you know and and a, and a you know a stretch here where they're getting a couple of games at home which you know always a tough place to play going out there to keen <clears throat> yeah i was gonna
1: say keen <clears throat> definitely is one of those probably the team in in the west conference that has the biggest home field advantage just because it's it's you know it's not north playing bg in their own stadium right, right? Or, <laughs> or merrimack going south of the border to play South or whatever. Right? right. I mean, it's, it's, you, you got to take a trip. The other thing that's interesting, and I think we mentioned this a little bit about Keene at the beginning of the season, the makeup of this West conference, they're really contrarian in terms of their offensive approach, right? Like Goffstown town uh, had been spread for over a decade. Um, and they're, they're a little bit more sort of wing T style now, but still, you know, c- kind of predicated on attacking outside and, you know, putting defenders in conflict with different things all the other teams in the West conference are, are shotgun spread teams. Keene is a double tight full house, you know, power running kind of offensive set. So, you know, that also kind of plays into things a little bit sometimes when you can, when you're contrarian. And by the way, you're effective at it, right. That's a big part of it, but you know, these other teams in the West conference don't see that type of style coming at them uh, too often. And so I, I do think that that, you know, again, if you can be effective at it, that tends to give you a little bit of an advantage in a conference like this. Yeah.
0: Well, the other team, uh, you know, wanted to mention, too, that that, you know, would be in a, in the playoffs right now is uh, Manchester Central, which uh, I I would not have guessed after that opening loss to Alvern, uh, you know, 45 to 7 loss that they had earlier in the year. Uh, you know, you look at what they've done. They're coming off a win over over South. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and really, it, it, I guess it's a testament to how tough that Central Conference is, you know, where their two wins are against, you know, South and Goffstown from the West, and then their three losses have come against their, their conference foes, Alvern, Londonderry, and Concord. Uh, they've got a, you know, game coming up this weekend against Spalding, uh, but then they still have Salem, Wyndham, and, and Pinkerton after that. So for Central to hold on to that that spot... Um, you know, could be tough task uh, or, or tough ask for them to do the rest of the way. Um, but, you know, the way they started the year, certainly to be in this spot is uh, is a big positive.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and Central got a big game from um, Wyatt Fogier, 55 yards um, and a touchdown. They got a touchdown from uh, Tristan Benner, who was able to jump on a bad snap in the end zone. Um, but, you know, when we were going through player of the week stuff, you talk about Central having to go and face the Red Raiders from Spalding next week. One of the names that came up as in, in terms of a potential player of the week candidate was Hunter Truman, who I had seen play two or three times last year. They're running back for Spalding. I was pretty impressed with him. Right. He was, he was good. He wasn't wasn't upper echelon good, but he was he was a tough runner, big kid well he went out and rushed for 256 yards and four touchdowns on 14 <laughs> carries uh out in Auburn Maine this week against Edward Little. Oh, that, um, that's
0: it. Only 250 something yards. Oh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and it's not like it was on 30 carries sure, either on yeah. 14 yeah. carries so so uh you know so that this will be a big test for Central to have to stop uh Truman and there there's a couple other good backs in that Spalding backfield that I really like. Um you know they'll have to buckle down a little bit. That Spalding offense comes right at you. But yeah, it's interesting to interesting to see Central kind of scratching and clawing their way. Um, I like to see that.
0: You know, also in that conference, there's a there's a game coming up this week that could have uh, big implications on the playoffs as well. You've got Alvern playing at Concord Friday night. Both of them sitting at one and three uh, in the division. And you'd say, you know, okay, really teams that are one and three. But like we said, there's 13 teams in the playoffs. Uh, whoever wins this game is going to go to two and three and have the, you know, still have a potential to pick up a couple wins down the stretch here. So I, whoever wins this game, I, I think probably gets into the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously Concord went out and, um, and dropped a game to Pinkerton. Uh, you know, it's a tough, uh, tough one with Pinkerton coming off of their big win against Londonderry. Um, you know it sounded like Concord started strong they got they actually executed an onside kick um and recovered it right out of the gate uh but ended up fumbling the the ball away just three plays later to Pinkerton and it was all Pinkerton after that unfortunately for Concord but yeah that does set up a big game that you know a big matchup there for sure yeah
0: <clears throat> well in uh, in division 2 uh, we went into last week talking about the big matchup in Amherst uh, between Sauhegan and Plymouth, and um, like I said earlier, I thought that was going to be a, a much closer game, and instead, uh, Sauhegan comes out and dominates that one. Um, you know, getting a uh, what forty nine to six win over Plymouth uh, in a game where they, you know, offensively, Sauhegan seemed to do just about whatever it wanted uh which i was not expecting to happen in in a downpour um you know i obviously very talented crew and i, I you know i thought that they would be you know, they'd have a good game but not like that where they were able to you know throw the ball around and and you know they held, the the ball security was probably the biggest part i mean the, actually neither team had much trouble with it although plymouth did lose a fumble at one point um you know, but other than that, I mean, it was a uh, for, for how much it was raining, it was a, a pretty good night for that.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, here, here's one where we both can feel good. We both did pick Sao Egan, <laughs> um, although, like you said, right, for, for maybe just for history's sake or not really having a lot of information on common opponents and things like that. Like, I, I thought this was I thought that was going to be a real battle, Yeah. Um, especially yeah. like you said, given the weather doesn't really favor Um, you know, in theory doesn't favor South style of play, but you know, again, kind of being able to go out there and show, we don't care if it's raining, we don't care if it's 52 degrees. We don't like, we're going to play our game and we're going to be able to, we're going to be able to pull it off against a really good team. And that makes South look scarier than they already looked.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, uh, is just one of many things going on in the Eastern conference that, uh, I, you know I, I think I texted you when I said I think the East has had one, one too many it might be time to take them home because yeah it just <laughs> right it's just not making any sense every you know it's like they're stumbling around over here um, because literally I, anyone can beat <coughs> anyone on any given night uh in this East conference you, you know you had Plymouth dropping its first game to sahhegan uh it also lost its first game over the weekend falling uh at home to Sanborn uh By the way, the Sanborn that lost back to back games to St. Thomas and Guilford Belmont, uh, who St. Thomas lost to Kennett. Uh, Guilford Belmont, uh, wait, I'm getting confused here by all this. Guilford Belmont lost to Kennett, also lost to Bow, and then lost Saturday to Laconia, who lost to Plymouth and Kennett, uh, but beat Merrimack Valley. Uh, Merrimack Valley just went and got its first win at Bow uh, in a seven to six game. Um, you know who haven't I mentioned here? Uh, Pe- and then there, then there's Pembroke, who um, you know their only win so far was a crossover against Hillsborough during Hopkinton. So right. I, I mean, just just craziness over here. Um, I I really don't know what to expect week to week, and and I think you know what did I say a couple weeks ago about you know possibly more teams getting in from the West because all of these East teams beat up on each other. Right. And I don't, you know, that's certainly, I don't think is going to be the case now. Um, you know, it very clearly looks like there's four teams from the West that are going to get in. Um, but you know, Milford would have to, you know, pull off a a couple of upsets. And I say them just because, you know, they, I think they're the team that has more wins right now, um, on that side. But, uh, someone from the East is going to have, you know, a sneaky better rating than you'd expect just because they're going to have a win over somebody that, you know, uh, like, let's say Sanborn, you know, right now they've got that win over Kenneth. Well, if Kennet keeps, you know, winning a couple games here, you know, that that win's going to look really good and probably bump Sanborn up ahead of, you know, someone else that <clears throat> maybe it lost to.
1: Right. And the, and the win already looks really good when you think about what happened there. Right. I mean, Sanborn, crunched kennett on the ground um you know ben cardoso had 204 rushing yards and three touchdowns and uh austin Ingersoll had almost 200 yards rushing and three touchdowns i mean that's <laughs> yeah, unbelievable yeah. two, two yes. guys two guys right hovering around the 200 yard mark and three touchdowns a piece out of your out of your backfield against kennett pretty good football team, you know, <laughs> and and Sanborn's kind of been up and down this year. Right. I mean, I think we expected a lot more out of them this year, me- meaning versus what they were last year. Sure. Um, given what they had coming back and so forth. I, yeah, it's 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 pretty topsy-turvy. And then that Bo game decided by a point. It was really Bo went for two and didn't get the conversion. And 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 ended up losing to Valley. Obviously, the Valley defense uh, had a great night
0: came out. Yeah, definitely showed up. Uh, for that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess going back to Sanborn, what was surprising was that they opened the year with Bo and they only give up 14 points. They turn around the next week and give up 42 to Guilford Belmont. And, you know, it, and it's not like they got blown out, though. I mean, that was a seven point game it was a one score game. Uh, And then the right. following week, they only give up 15 points to St. Thomas, but they only score nine. You know, so they've been they've been in every game and, and you know, had a chance to win every game. So, I mean, that's again that going back to that that kenneth game it's it's a huge one because of the points that they pick up you know for for how many candidatess you know, already got four wins um looking at you know looking ahead to their schedule if they if they win the games that we expect them to which at this point who knows
1: yeah who that, that, that phrase has no meaning anymore
0: <laughs> no i mean but they could end up with be a, they could end up being a six win team which is huge uh, yeah. for sanborn um oh
1: yeah absolutely i mean they've still got some good good teams in front of them I mean you know they've got Stark on their schedule still Stark put up 62 points against Hollis oh, Brookline this week that's yeah that's got to be it's got to be a school record
0: yeah I, I no question I mean that you know <coughs> th, th, yeah I mean I I haven't uh there were a couple years there where I think John Stark was putting up, up points with uh with the when the Macquarie brothers were there yeah but, uh, but I don't but think not 62 ever. Not 62 no right no that's um that's a number, <laughs> yep. Quite the number, um, you know. And then, uh, so I guess I guess maybe this is a good way to transition into our, our Division Three talk. I mean, I guess the you know the big game on the west side obviously is uh, is Sauhegan at Hanover this Friday. Yeah. Um, you know, the Sabers having to travel up to there for I think the first time in a, in a little while. I don't know the last time they played up at Hanover. I don't
1: recall these I know Hanover was down
0: here last year right and the year before uh, or the year before yeah, I think the year before too yeah uh, but then you look uh Palum this week uh, has a bye. and uh, I don't know if you saw I tweeted this out uh, the other day because in some of the lower divisions there's been a couple of teams that have been having trouble with numbers and having healthy kids to play uh, you know and, and specifically in Division three you've got Kearsarge. Who uh, you know, this this past week forfeited their game against uh, Interlakes Moltenboro uh, because of a lack of numbers, and then this coming week looks like they're going to be doing the same against Trinity, which means for the second time in three weeks Trinity doesn't have a game. Remember a couple weeks ago, Manadnock had to, to forfeit their game because of uh, what we were told was an outbreak of uh, staff infection at Manadnock. Right. Um, So I pose this, if Trinity doesn't have a game this Friday and Pelham doesn't have a game this Friday, maybe they should agree to meet somewhere and play a game. That would be kind of cool. I think so.
1: You know, Pelham is really, really good, obviously, but uh, you know, Trinity is an excellent division three team and Trinity played, you know, we keep going back to this and it's, Virtually meaningless at this point, but it's, it's still a, it's one of the only data points I have. Sure. So I keep going. Yeah, yeah. Trinity's defense played really well against sauhegan in the Jamboree. It did very, um, very well. So it would be it would be an interesting matchup. I don't know that we'll get our wish, but, it, it you know, maybe if enough listeners write strongly worded letters to the athletic directors of both schools, uh well, you know you might be
0: able to... let's talk it into existence this week you know we'll we'll uh bring it up wherever you go over the next well, i will days. i will do that <laughs> oh and, do that. and for the listeners too let's let's talk this up yeah uh, put it out well, on social media you know tag let's tag the schools and the ad's in it. maybe um yeah maybe someone will, will will hear that well I, you, I mean, and you
1: gotta figure trinity's gotta want to get back out there i mean they had a huge game Um, in Litchfield this weekend against Campbell uh, ended up scoreless with, I think there was eight minutes and change remaining by the time, um, by the time Campbell scored. I think they, I think they went in with um, Nick Hershberger after a, after a a long drive, you know, I think they went on a nine play March banged it in from the two. Um, you, You know, again, another almost, you know, not quite in terms of score and things, but kind of a replay of how that that really good division three championship game in Amherst went last year between these two teams. But uh yeah, my point is that was a that was a, a great game, obviously a defensive battle, but um you know you've got to you've got to figure that Trinity really does not want to go a week without football after that. They're, they they want to get back out there and play.
0: I not just the week, but but basically have play one game in, in... You know, almost four weeks. You know, by the time they get out there again, yeah, yeah, that's that can't be, yeah, it can't be ideal. Um, yeah, but yeah, this this game, I kept seeing updates on it on on Twitter, and I was like, wow, scoreless, wow. I you know, I mean, how many times you, you don't see that? Uh, too too often. I know there's been a couple other D three games. I think uh, Fall Mountains had a couple of them that have been super low scoring, but yeah, uh, nothing nothing into the fourth quarter. <laughs> Um, yeah, just, um, just not what you're used to seeing, especially against two teams that put up points. Like it's, you know, like, well, like it's their job. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, unbelievable.
1: Trinity has a really good quarterback. Jack service has been great for them for the last couple of years, but Campbell's defense, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at it now. They haven't given up points in the last three games. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure they've outscored the the, the the differential, or whatever you want to call it, is 159 to 20. <laughs> right, so they've only given up 20 points all season.
0: Uh, and then you flip that on, on Trinity, and the six points was the first points they've given up all year. Right. Yeah. So I guess I guess in hindsight, it, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise to us that the defenses actually uh, had a better day than the offenses.
1: Yeah. Well, and especially on a night like it was. Right. Because they played they played under lights in Litchfield. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. I guess I guess they were uh, not the best lights either. I've, from what I've heard, I saw someone joking on on uh, on Twitter that they just used a uh, black, just a blacked out picture and said, L- live, look at. <laughs> <laughs> not exactly. Yeah. I, well, you remember you remember that the first couple of years of. Uh, lights, uh, rented lights over there at Hollis Brookline. Sure. Was, yeah. Uh,
1: you bring in the generator lights and, brrr, you yeah. know, you couldn't hear anything cause good, they're all yeah. running at the same time. It's fun though. If you don't have lights, you know, but it's, yeah, it's not, it's not like playing in, uh, you know, one of these really nice stadiums, but, uh, but it is kind of cool for the kids.
0: Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So as we mentioned, um, you know, Kearsarge, uh, I don't know exactly know what's going on over there. Um, not a good, can't be good if they're, you know, they're canceling or, or forfeiting two games in a row. Um, you know, hopefully everything's working out over there. I know in the past they've had, you know, some down years too. They didn't play during the COVID year in 2020. Uh, so hopefully this is something that, um, you know, isn't, it doesn't last uh, maybe beyond this year. And and then they can uh, bounce back and, you know, I, again, not exactly sure what's going on. But, um, but I, I, from what I've heard, it's definitely been you know, not enough healthy bodies to play a game.
1: Yeah. That's and t- you don't nice. want to see that happen. Yeah. You know, Kearsarge is has traditionally been a, 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 you know, I know they've had, had a tough time the last couple few years, but I mean, geez, when I was at Sauhegan, they were, they were a pretty strong team. Of course, coach Zach Matthews, who's now at Bedford was over there um, and did a nice job with them. But, uh, but yeah, you, you hate to see that happen to some of these teams where the numbers just started tritting away. Little by little, and you're not able to go field a team. You know, it, it's embarrassing to you if you're in that position and it's frustrating to the opponent that, you know, wants to get a football game in. Obviously, it's, it's, uh, uh, I'm hoping that they can, uh, I'm hoping that they can get healthy and, and, and get back out on the field.
0: Uh, any, anything else you wanted to mention about, uh, uh, D3 before we, uh, move on to D4? And
1: I don't think so. I mean, that obviously the, the Campbell Trinity game was a, you know, was a huge one. Um you know, you you mentioned uh I think Fall Mountain getting another win um four, over four Kingswood. Wins, yeah,
0: four wins in a row. And uh you look at that lost to monadnock They were what one play away from from being five and oh.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, a Manadnock team that's kinda of reeling now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they they were you know, so Fall Mountain went out there, took advantage of Kingswood turning the ball over five times. Um, you know, which is almost a death sentence, but uh you know, got that twenty to nothing win and and put themselves in really good position here.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you know they they've got Stevens and then Interlake Smoltenborough coming up. If they get wins in those two games, you got to think at at you know at six and one uh, with Trinity and Campbell to close out the year. Um, you know, despite those two last two games being um, you know against the top two teams in the division, they've they've got to have a playoff spot wrapped up. I would I would think.
1: Yep still a lot to go through yeah. for them. I mean, oh, this yeah. is this is definitely the meat of their schedule. But,
0: <laughs> uh, well, so in in Division Four, we talked a little bit about uh, you know Newport and Summersworth getting their rematch in too on the on the championship game. Uh, but the other other one I game I want to mention is uh, this Franklin Winnesquam game, which um, you know to those that aren't familiar, it's a a big rivalry up there. You know, uh, Winnesquam is in Tilton. Um, you know, so it's the neighboring town to Franklin. I don't think there's a lot like their their schools are pretty close to each other. Winnesquam is like almost right on the town line, the the high school I mean. Um, so it's pretty close to Franklin and I and you know their high school is not too far away either. So this is a big rivalry game for the two of them. Uh you know Winnesquam gets up 14 to nothing in the first half and you know it looks like you know I guess that they're they're going to you know run away with this one, right? You know um Franklin is coming off a, a huge loss to Summersworth. Um, had a big loss to Raymond earlier in the year, too. And then the next thing you know, uh, Zeke McCoy is uh, running for four touchdowns in the second half, including one uh, with nine seconds left in the game that gives uh, the Tornadoes a 24-21 win. Uh, so a great comeback there for Franklin. Uh, you know, the first time in in... I don't know. I would probably guess 6 7 years that they've won more than one game in a season. Yeah. Um, so it's huge for them to uh to grab that victory from their rivals. Uh it's got to got to feel pretty good.
1: Uh yeah, huge huge win, especially the way it went down. Um and against a neighboring town like that, and, you know, again, I'm I'm uh, eating crow here, you know, you uh you got a leg up on me on that one. You picked <laughs> Franklin, I picked Winnisquam.
0: I just, uh, you know I just, know, I just had a feeling going in, you know.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I, I was look. I actually tried to be scientific about that one. I went back and I tried to like piece together some common opponents in recent history, and I was like, oh, all right, it seems like Winisquam might, you know, math might point to that because I have such a formula, of course. <laughs> um, but uh, no, uh, hey, you know, I'll I'll take it on the chin when I deserve to. And um, hats off to to Franklin. Um, again, not just a big win, but but pretty huge in the way that they that they got it done.
0: And and you know that kind of um, you know again with 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 Raymond sitting there at four and O and Franklin now with two wins, Brady, two wins. Um, you know, obviously Newport and Summersworth are in there. You know, this this feels like you know it it could be completely wrong, and and you know a couple of these teams end up blowing doors the rest of the way, um, but. It feels like there's a good bit of fight here for for you know what's going to be a four playoff spots uh, in yeah. this division. Um, you know, obviously, Winnesquam is in a tough spot at zero and four, but you never know. I mean, with things th- things break the right way, they're able to finish off. I mean, it wouldn't be unheard of. I think for a team at three and four to get into the playoffs, but it's going to be probably a, a, a tough task. But I think every you know in the Newfound has obviously been in the same boat as, as Kearsarge uh, having to forfeit a game and reschedule another one with, with Summersworth. Um, You know, so, you know, the, those two teams might already be out of it, but um certainly I think everyone else is very much alive in the division.
1: Yeah. And you could even make arguments for those two teams. Um, You know, just, just looking at some of the history, right. It's like Winnisquam, for example. Yeah. They're over, but there's, games that they lost that they were right in you know the Brady game uh and in the Raymond game I mean again the Raymond game wasn't close either but it's not like they got they got blown out right like they've shown that they can play football with some of these teams so um and but and by the way things have gone um it's not completely out of question to say hey you know one or two or two of these teams might claw their way back in and and do some damage so Uh, So, yeah, it's definitely kind of shaping up to be, I I think, Joe, more interesting than it has been the last couple of years in
0: division four. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's a really good
0: thing. Oh, of course. Yeah. All right. I think uh, I don't know unless you've got any other thoughts. I think that'll wrap us up for the week.
1: No, I don't. I, I think we you know we had a lot to cover this week. A lot happened. <laughs> you know, there were some out of state games that that we didn't we didn't really get into, um, but they don't matter. You know, I mean, <laughs> they, just they gonna... matter to players and kids, but I don't mean they don't matter to sure. the the, to the teams. But I mean, they don't they don't affect the the standings, the standings and things. Correct, but, correct. I was yeah, yeah. I was just
0: gonna say ah, oh, those don't count.
1: Yeah, yeah whatever. No, but it, I mean, actually, they're they're a lot of fun. But um, we didn't we didn't you know it was it was kind of. Um, you know, we didn't do as well as we would like to do in some of those games, I think. But, uh, but other than that, no, I think it was a great week, and uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how things shape up next
0: week. Yeah. I think we're going to, we got a couple of big ones to talk about. We'll have a couple of big ones to talk about next week for sure. And uh, definitely a clearer um, picture of the playoffs. I'm open to get uh, the playoff picture up on the site very soon. Uh, if not uh, already have it up there by the time everyone gets to listen to this. So, keep an eye out for that um yeah well i think that'll just about uh do it for us for this week uh that mike thanks again for doing this
1: yep always a good time joe
0: he is mike lockman i'm joe margelina thanks for listening and enjoy the games this week